one. Microsoft up 20 bucks, 21 bucks. Boeing up seven and a half bucks. You have NVIDIA and Amazon trading in the green. We're probably up 20 or 30 handles. No, we're up only five. We got a lot of earnings reports. We got to talk about Microsoft, Activision, Tesla gets a downgrade, but going up on the downgrade, what's going on with FRC and these regional banks? We got a lot to figure out today on pre-market prep. With no further ado, let's get things going, Aaron. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors around the world. Welcome. We're up four and a half handles at 97.75. Not much of an overnight rally. Pre-market high, 16 and a quarter. That's what the bulls, we got to get it above 16 and a quarter or else this market has a lot more downside to it. Pre-market low, 89 and a quarter. Just a few takes below that low from yesterday. The buck under pressure down 51 cents at 101.08. Bonds giving back a little bit from yesterday's rally. They're down 13.30 seconds at 131 and 31.30 seconds. Boy, that's a mouthful. Uh, crude creeping back towards that gap fill. Oh, boy, look at that support. That better hold in crude. Down 14 cents at 76.93. Gold back above one, uh, back above 2,000, up a buck at 2,005 and a half. Silver rebounding from yesterday's thrashing. Still an inside day. Up 41 cents at 25,295. And a good call by Triple D yesterday with the bank contagion. Bitcoin catching a bit up 1385 at 28,990. So uh, I make a I make a title for the show and I throw it at Dennis and I say, Dennis, the market neutral neutral trader. Can Microsoft save the day? Yeah, the answer is no. Microsoft, it's already been spoken here. You've got so you got two stories here today. Two okay. stories that matter. Microsoft killing it, or like at least you know on the conference call because they're talking AI. Earnings were very good. And then the other story is FRC falling fifty percent yesterday. It's down another seventeen percent here this morning, or fifteen percent here now. It's really been chopping around. People are concerned about this being the next signature bank or or Silicon Valley bank. I think they have the rights to be concerned. I think the government is going to have to step in here. Just my opinion. I know nothing, but I think that we definitely have an, uh, a situation where this could be a zero um, that will one spook investors, but two spook depositors. So um, you've got to worry about the contagion effect here. You know, KRE made a new 52-week low yesterday. That's not what you want to see if you're in this bull market that everybody keeps telling me we're in. So KRE breaking down new lows, not good news. S&P giving all the Microsoft gains back, not good news. Microsoft, great news. FRC, 
not so great news. All right, let's go. Stories. Let's go right to the Microsoft. They had a Q3 beat, two big beat, two forty five versus two twenty three. Beat on the sales, fifty two point nine billion uh, versus the fifty one point oh two billion estimate. Uh, they were talking AI. I saw a, qu- a quote from Gene Munster, and he said uh, during the conference call comparing Google and Microsoft, uh, when Google was talking about AI, it was like they were sipping iced tea. And when Microsoft was talking about it, it was like they were drinking Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, st- uh, street running with this. Let's go to the Microsoft price action. Street absolutely getting destroyed, going the wrong way into the report. This might be one of the biggest moves I've ever seen in Microsoft. Up 21, almost 22 bucks. That's almost 8%. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make a wager on this. But if they get this and they take out the pre-market high on this one at 302, even, oh man, I don't know. I mean, there's no monthly resistance until 315.11. But man, if you took a shot on any kind of calls or anything or whatever, if you've been looking for a bailout over 290. Holy macro! I had absolutely no idea where to buy this thing, and if I had, well, a I'm not buying. I'm not paying yeah, 31 no times earnings for Microsoft, and yes, they're very excited about AI. This is the main reason the stock was trading 287, and they started on the conference call, and the stock's just going up, up, up because, like as Gene Munster was saying, they you know are just talking about so many possibilities with AI. I do believe Google is going to be a major AI player too, but Google was very conservative, so Microsoft very aggressive on their call talking about AI. Google very conservative to Gene Munster's point. So this is why Google has reversed since, um, you know, it was trading up. They were both trading up after hours, but we know this AI story has been a driver for price for Microsoft and a driver for price for Google. So as soon as the conference call started and, hey, look at all the good Microsoft saying, what are you saying, Google? You're not saying anything. They start selling it. So that's why you've seen the separation since both popped up on their earnings report. One talked very bullish and one was very conservative. Not talking, you know, that they weren't talking about AI, but very conservative where they're talking about it. So that's the separation. Right now, everybody's rah, rah. Microsoft's going to take over the world. We're all going to bang everything. And um, ChatGPT is going to take all our jobs. That is what everybody is thinking when they're buying Microsoft. Maybe that is true. I'm not with that camp. Okay, before we go to the Google numbers here, there's additional news uh, with Microsoft. And, uh, you know, when you're these ARBs, they got to just be playing this for what it is about this deal, right? Now the UK is saying, well, we're going to review this. We don't like the competition and negative ruling. Boom, down $9.39. A lot of the gains being wiped out from when we thought the deal was on. Uh, Once again, it's just arbitrageurs like, you know, fast here. Can't really talk about it technically. You're falling right back into this area where it was before 78 to 80. just tough. I mean, if you still think the, the deal's going through, you're getting here a nice uh, a nice discount. But boy, oh boy, who knows? I mean, Microsoft says they're going ahead. They want to close this out by the end of uh, the end of the year. But man, oh man, back and forth, back and forth. Have you been trying to play this, Arab Dennis, or is this a little bit? I tried to buy it here this morning, actually. Um, it's pulled back. It got down to 76. I actually almost caught the bottom. Um, but... <laughs> Again, it was so choppy and spooked, and then you're getting ready for the show, and I was like, you know what? This is so much babysitting involved in this. And one thing you have to consider is if you're trading one stock and you're not doing a, a radio show and you know you're not doing anything else, you can sit there and just stare at the screen and watch it. 
when you are trading ATVI, especially on those numbers, you, you can't always, you know, I have a pile of other positions from overnight positions. Sometimes the co opportunity cost is greater than sitting there and staring at that stock. When you're trading a leader, you have to stare at the screen. I can tape read and I can probably make money trading the leaders just by staring at that one. But my opportunity cost is too high because when I'm trading just that, I can't trade anything else. So I need stocks that are moving slower to be able to manage them. I can't manage 200 ATVIs or, you know, not even 200, but say, you know, I have had 50 overnight positions. Yeah, 50 yeah, I 100. can't manage 50 ATVIs. I can't manage one ATVI and manage 49 other positions. So just too busy. Should have held on, though, because I bought in the lower 76s. Should have held on because now it's in the mid-77s. Um, I do think that this deal is not dead. I do think Microsoft will appeal it. I think they'll have commentary later today if they haven't had commentary already. So I do think this could actually be a buy the dip opportunity here. Um, I said that you know before as well, but we're down you know nine ten bucks here. Risk arbs are saying you know they're, they're selling first and asking questions later. I think in the seventy six to seventy seven area, this isn't a bad risk reward. One EA has come back substantially from its lows. Take two has come back substantially from its lows. Activision Blizzard, even by itself, probably if the deal was dead, would only be about 71 or 72. So I see about 6 to $7 downside at this point in time. And I see the $18 upside. So I think at 77, I think it actually sets up well for a, a buy the dip opportunity here. And uh, also, just if my you, opinion. Yeah, just looking at uh, like the dailies here, I know it's very tough to, you know, talk about this technically when there's so much news around it. But, you know, when you had some scares before in February, where'd it go? It went under 72, right? Then it crept its way back. Now there's more scares and it's coming in at 77, 76, 77. So you can see, you know, the arms that were, you know, fading it, they're stepping up their bids to a little bit higher, you know, a little bit higher area. But uh, I'm sure. Microsoft, I have something to say that uh, about that today. Uh, let's go to the Googster, uh, trading mm. down 41 cents here. Not a bad report. EPS 117 versus 106 estimate. Man, they make a lot of money. Uh, 69.79 billion versus the 68.0 or 68.9 estimate. Search revenue up. Cloud revenue up. 70 billion dollar buyback dennis i mean they said everything good you get a pop i'll just do the technicals real quick let you give the fundamentals get a pop to 110.60 what do you have is that above the high of the move uh high of the move was 109.63 uh you got the fade going on now uh looks like you got a mild buyer here at uh 103 so google dennis uh the pop and the drop certainly not acting like microsoft no and Story trumps all here. I would not buy the dip in Google for the simple reason. I still think Google is going to be a major player. We're going to call it Google forever, not Alphabet. I still think Google is going to be a major player in AI. I don't think they're as far behind Microsoft as everybody thinks, but it doesn't matter. The story right now is Google is falling behind Microsoft, and Microsoft Bing is going to start to pick up some market share on Google search. And if that's the case, this is not good news. I do think this reversal is significant. I don't like seeing a stock go from green to red, especially when they say that much good news. And again, to, to Gene Munster's point, they just didn't say enough aggressive commentary on AI on the conference call. Maybe they're being conservative, but it was not the time to be conservative when Microsoft was doing a call at the same time and being super ultra aggressive on their talk about AI. So this story here 
is cooling off right now. I don't know what's going to turn it around, but I would say I would not be a buyer of Google on the dip here. I would not be surprised if it leaks further. Okay. All right. Uh, more earnings reports uh, from last night. And uh, people are not like me. They must love those CMG burritos here. Uh, Chipotle beats. Wow. Big beat. 1050 versus 892 on the EPS. Uh, beat on, oh no, just a slight beat on the sales. 2.37 billion versus 2.34. Uh, the uh, Executives expect cost of sales to remain low in the 29% range. Uh, CMG, always a tough one. Why don't they split this thing up $139? Is this a new all-time high? Let me it's go close to the, if it's not. Yeah, all-time high, 1958.55. Up, if you couldn't get me to buy a stock up 139 bucks on 4,000 shares this morning, I'm not even going to touch the technicals on this one. Dennis, what do you got for me? Uh, I suck on this stock. So I'm not even going to try to give an opinion. I've been bearish, not bearish, but I haven't been on this train at all for a long time. I've never got the valuation. You know me. It's just not my kind of stock. I mean, where's CMG? What's the valuation on this puppy here now? I got to go look. Okay. P has always been, you know, well north of 30. Where is it Whew. now? We're going to look it up. CMG. That's a lot of burritos. Looking at, yeah, it's a lot of burritos. I mean, 40, we're talking 41 times earnings, about 55, you know, on, on the 55 times earnings right now, 41 on the forward multiple. I've never got paying for a quick service restaurant 55 times earnings, but you know what? Everybody who has has made a lot of money with it. So story <laughs> remains hot. Stock's near an all-time high. I don't short stock's making new all-time highs or near them. But I'm not chasing it either. So I'm just out. No call on CMG. All right. Let's finish up the uh, the uh, after hours earnings here with Visa. Visa just hanging out here near all time highs, which is uh, I guess it's not all time highs. Recent high of the moves here to me, like this 235 area, it's sticking out like a sore thumb. You did get a pop in the after hours over 235. Looks like good support at 230. I'll keep an eye on this one. If the market rolls over and this takes out street leaning the wrong way into the report, not getting much of a bounce. If this thing loses 230, I think you could be at 225 in a heartbeat. Dennis, any thoughts on the letter yeah, B? Yeah, if I was in it, I would sell it right now. Um, the reason is you're getting a bounce here. The earnings were fine. This got hit on UPS yesterday, and it should have got hit on UPS yesterday. And now you're getting a bounce. So people, you know, getting half their losses back from the hit took on UPS. I think, um, you know, I don't like what UPS said yesterday. I don't think it's good for Visa or MasterCard. Okay. So, yep. I'm not a fan. Not, not, at, not at this point in time because we've got other issues here. We're going to get to them in a second with FRC. I just but, was going to great segue but, there. And we will. And I, I would like to do ENPH. If we're going to finish off all the earnings from last night, I would like to do ENPH right now. But Visa, <laughs> Visa I'm very opinionated on. I'd sell the bounce. Just my opinion. And are you buying the dip here in ENPH and no. phase energy always has really been kind of the laggard compared to the first solar. Lately. Which, yeah, lately that's caught a caught a downgrade to a sell. That was a sneaky Friday downgrade. Uh they beat huh, they beat by 17 cents, but they missed on the revenues. Uh see uh second quarter revenue mm, a little light. So they're hitting it on the revenue numbers. This is a this is a sleepy chart here. I don't you know I'm saying you could say uh someone's stepping up at the 182, 183 area. 
But then you can also say, man, no one's letting this thing go over 186, 187. What do we got on the monthlies? What was that low from last month? 181.55. That's my three star on the downside. If I was holding out on a short or trying for a long, I would see if it got down to that area. If not, you're going to have to buy it uh, in a rallying market. Dennis, any any uh, take on EMP? Um, it's just out of favor. I mean, we've had this little rally here for a little bit, and I kind of liked it, the 19200 area. But, I mean, now you get a disappointing earnings report. It's down 16%. It's making a new low on the move, or at least close to it. I mean, 181.55 is your level. It's got to hold that. So if you're buying the day, you don't want to see it breach that merge low. Okay, so the other story of the day and the story yesterday, boy, am I glad I wasn't a hero in this FRC. Uh, get cut in half yesterday and yep. uh, down another 10% today. I mean, man, I mean, you don't want to, you know, the path to zero can be be jagged, but man, they hated that report yesterday. Uh, this is pretty interesting. You said it got down to five bucks. I saw. I, I, where did you see it go down here in the pre-market? I thought I saw five fifty-five. Five fifty-five. Yeah. So yep. we are significantly off the lows. That is the good news. The bad news is we are down here again, and the bad news is people are talking about this. If you go on Twitter, it's all over the place. Social media. People are talking about this as the next signature bank, the next Silicon Valley bank. And they're talking about it, you know, the government stepping in here. Um, I'm not going to say that's not going to happen. I'm not going to say it's going to happen. Nobody has a crystal ball here. But the market sure thinks it's going to happen because stocks don't go from 120 to 7. And, you know, deposits, the, the, the earnings report, obviously, you know, with deposits going down 40%. We talked about it yesterday. It was a serious issue. It's spooking people. If you are depositing in this bank, you've got to probably be noticing, or at least some of the depositors are going to be noticing the price action of the stock and probably a little bit ner more nervous. So I would not be surprised if more people are taking their money out of FRC, which is a concern. And then you want to worry about the contagion effect. So, I mean, you know, do we start to get other worries about the banks? KRE making new 52-week low, um, never a good thing. KB is a little bit higher than that. I have the pair on KRE versus KB just for full disclosure. But what's I'm the second one you mentioned? KRE KBE. Those are the okay. two. Yeah, I have the pair on um, right now, but I saw. But I'm hedged, so I'm dollar hedged on it. Um, I, I just I don't like you know that KRE is making new 52 week low. I don't like the FRC breakdown. PacW is helping today. Yeah, PACW was fine. Last night, you actually saw a lot of regional banks rallying last night on the PACW earnings, which we can go to right now because they were fine. They talked positively, um, saying deposits were up. I mean, from um, says yeah. here, I'll just read to you. PacWest has told deposits increased 1.1 billion at March 31st versus the mm. company's recent update of 27.1 billion as of March 20th. So, mm. th so they went up a little bit there. I again, I think this it's still just hard to come in here and buy PACW and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, they're fine. Because if you have another regional bank failure, and that's what you know a signature bank was, even though it was a government bailout, it was a failure. If you have another one happen, the third one happen, the third you know major regional bank to fail, um, I think you're going to see nervous investors on a lot of these other ones as well. So I do think PACW is a sell-the-rip opportunity. WAL had a nice rip. It's held the gains pretty well. I'd be nervous about that one as well, too. It's a very important day. Two, FRC needs to stabilize again, stop going down. And we don't want to see PACW give these gains back. So very important day for the regionals.
I mean, how much do you think, uh, you know, this is, I mean, there's obviously, it's just momentum too. I mean, I like, who knows actually, I mean, the numbers FRC gave yesterday, but I mean, you know, the, the shorts just, just got a hold of this thing. Right. And they're just not relenting and that you're getting some bounces. You can move it in the after hours. Right. I mean, we can blame the shorts. And I mean, the, the media would love to just come in and say, Oh, yep. it's the shorts. It's the shorts doing this. Now, you know, what's doing it is the fact that maybe they didn't take any action here as not enough action to try to stem the tide, you know, and maybe they're trying and maybe they just can't do anything, but it's hard to just come in here and blame the shorts. I mean, we don't for they didn't force you know these banks to lend money, money. At, at sub two percent rates i mean you know this was a signature bank people there's there's a whole pocket of social media that says the signature bank failure was because of short selling you know what the signature bank and then the silicon valley bank failure was because they're lending money too long at too low of a rate the shorts didn't force them to do that so i don't buy for a second that this is the shorts fault you know, this is happening. What I say is, you know, these banks obviously are not liquid enough. They've lent too long for too little of a return. And that is why we saw a signature in, in Silicon Valley go down. And that may be why we see FRC go down as well. I mean, also, uh, you know, lending and like, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll take a, a zillion stock options on your startup company. And, uh, you know, so that's what they got in return for giving the money at uh, at the at the lower rates here. Uh, just uh, further going on with the separation here in the market, S&P's trying to creep back over 4,100 again, trying to get back mid-range on the session. Uh, Google does go green. Uh, but um, let's just talk about some of the, like, here, here's the tech today, Dennis. Uh, Amazon uh, getting shellacked on the UPS yesterday. Uh, that's right Yeah, gets getting a nice bounce up 291. Uh, Nvidia up six bucks, 609 at uh, 268.50 after getting shellacked. That's AI yesterday. talk. Nvidia's yeah. AI talk. Microsoft talking it up, and everybody thinks about AI. So you're gonna have an AI trade here today. Microsoft talking up as much as it did. You're seeing, you know, you're gonna see in Nvidia, AMD benefit from that because they're like oh man microsoft's so nvidia is going to be a driver for for that so you've got the tale of two tapes here today one you've got the tech trade which is very strong you know there are some stocks like apple netflix trading in the red tesla's just you know, it was downgraded here today but you've got you know the other story here is value getting whacked value getting whacked yesterday ups you know the whole soft oh. landing narrative took a big hit yesterday with the UPS earnings. I don't think people talked enough about it. I hardly seen it mentioned on CNBC. UPS was down $19 yesterday and we talked about it. We talked about the, you know, they're talking about the growth slowing. So, I mean, not, not the growth slowing. They're talking about, you know, and I'll just bring it to you. Just so I'm, I'm the deli talking. Yeah. The, 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 the talking, volume. Yeah. The volume. Yeah, exactly. And if we go look and just read straight from it, it's concerning talk. UPS expects volume to remain under pressure given current macro conditions. They've got a really good feel on the consumer. And they're telling you the consumer is slowing down. That's a problem for a lot of companies. That's why retail got hammered yesterday. We talked about this. We talked about the potential for retail to get hammered. And it did. Kohl's was down 5% yesterday. I still own a piece of Kohl's. Terrible investment. Nordstrom, down again. Making new, almost new 52-week low on Nordstrom. Macy's, everybody's telling me how much the, the real estate's worth. 
while it's making a new 52-week low or, or near it as well. We're back to where we were trading back in July. So, I mean, or September, which was $15.10. So there's a tale of two markets here right now. One, the AI hot story that Microsoft is delivering. And then two is the banking problems and the UPS consumer slowing problems. So it's hard to just go, you know, maybe we're going to, you know, just be in a range here for a bet. But I just can't bring myself. This is why I still stay with so much cash in the long-term portfolio. People are like, you got to deploy. And, you know, and I was trying, I started to deploy a little bit. And look, you deploy a little bit of the cash and you get punished for doing it. I bought a little bit of Disney, down. I mean, what, you know, it's just the environment where it's they're very difficult in the U.S. markets to make money on the long side unless you're in tech. Tech has been okay, not and not growth tech, just like mega, mega cap tech. And everything else has lagged. So, you know, I do you go overseas? Do you go to Europe? Europe's done pretty well here lately. Maybe. Or maybe you just sit and get collect 5% until we get more clarity. I don't mind doing that either. Okay, let's just uh, take a look at the uh, poster child for AI stocks, uh, Chat or C3.ai. What, what, what a great name. But uh, AI is a symbol that's getting a little bit of a pop here as well as we speak. It's trading up about 42 cents. I, what I'll be looking at, if you're looking for more on the downside here or on the upside, you get to uh, the high from yesterday, which it did just momentarily on the last 15-minute bracket. Uh, you do have a little bit of upside here, the two-day high. I know this got downgraded at 19.16, and uh, you found a firm buyer at 17.50. So I have no problem leaning on that 17.50 level if, in fact, you're trying along in this one. Uh, we do have some numbers coming up at 8.30, but uh, let's sneak in Boeing here. And uh, let me give you uh, the Boeing numbers. They miss. Uh, they lose more money than expected. They lost a buck twenty-seven versus a buck oh seven. Uh, they beat on uh, sales, but man, they're going to deliver a bunch of planes. So much for my theory about not people using bigger planes. Uh, free cash flow—that's what they want to see. Guidance of three to five billion. Pop and Boeing here up to the critical two ten level. Dennis, are you uh, are you chasing this one? I think I know the answer. No, I'm not. Um, the, the earnings were fine. Boeing has turned its story around to a certain extent. Um, you know, it got hit, you know, obviously last week or two weeks ago there when, you know, the whole, you know, SPR, uh, what's it, SPR, yeah. Um, debacle there, yeah. yeah. But with the part, I don't know. You come back up here to 209, 210. You're at yeah, resistance man. here again. I mean, the stock is, you know, trading with a ridiculous multiple. Yes, there may be growing those earnings back here, but I just think there's so many easier places to be than Boeing. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. So let's uh, let's look at some numbers here. I know they're not big numbers, but uh, we do have uh, durable good orders month over month coming out here at 8:30. Uh, previous was down a percent. Consensus is up 0.7. Uh, forecast comes in at 0.6, and then. Uh, Wholesale inventories, I really don't follow that one uh, too closely, but you got a forecast here of uh, 0.1%, pretty much uh, consensus at 0.2%. I mean, I guess we'll get a little a little read on the consumer here, Dennis, and uh, uh, you know, see where we're at uh, with the durable good orders that's coming up here um, in a minute and a half or just under that, Dennis, or two minutes. I don't know if you want to go wide on that one but um that's what we got we got some 830 numbers see if we could shake things up 
a little bit here uh, this morning. But uh, do we have time to sneak in one more um, earnings report here? Or you just want to just want to talk general market here for a minute before? I mean, we didn't talk Bitcoin either. Um, oh, okay. And you know, everybody gives me heat. I feel like I make some pretty good calls sometime here. So I will pat myself on the back here because I said yesterday I felt like Bitcoin. I tweeted it. I said it on the show. Felt like with the regional banking crisis, the Bitcoin would catch a bit. It absolutely did. Um, it is up substantially from where it was just yesterday. Um, again, tech probably helped that trade to a certain extent here today. But also the regional banking weakness was predictable that people would come into Bitcoin. So um, Bitcoin comes back up not too far from the highs here now. Um, nice pop here for Bitcoin overnight. Yeah, I think that could continue if the regional banking, um, if the regional banking woes continue. I think Bitcoin continues to catch a bit. I said it yesterday. If the regional banks start to turn it around, maybe that changes. Now again, you're coming back to resistance. So do you just take the quick gain? This is the market that takes the quick gain. So you're up seven percent from yesterday. So yeah, I'd probably take the gain. All right, here. So looks like uh, we got the numbers at 30 seconds. I guess yeah, I'm going to go wide here. Yeah, you're going to go wide here. I'm just going to go to the Bitcoin chart real quickly and look at it because the the only thing I'm thinking in my mind here is uh, you had a, a move down. These are from the futures from 31. Let's call it 27 for 29,000. What do we got going on here? Let's go back to the S&Ps here. It looks like we could be getting uh, some light numbers, March durable good orders. We want to see some light numbers here, chopping around 4,100, waiting for the actual numbers to come out. Kind of just hanging out here too, as far as if you're a technical trader. Yeah, hanging out here at uh, mid-range, durable good orders, breaking news, and come on, Mr. Santelli, give it to me. I can't look at all these different things. S&P still holding on to the gains. Dennis, are you seeing it? I mean, do you just see a more chop here? Not not a big number. It's not like our, our not PPI. Not seeing any whatsoever. No. I'm okay. seeing a nothing event here so far. Nothing, nothing event. event. Okay. Forget the one minute. We know what numbers are exciting. If anything moves in the S&Ps, we will let you know. Dennis, what else? We got uh, Tommy Lackey Jr. coming on here in yeah, a, we're gonna bring a him up. F- few minutes. And uh, Aaron's going to let me know when he arrives. He's got some good technicals for us to look at. A good recap of yesterday. Uh, let's finish up with some of the earnings from this morning, Dennis. Are there any other uh, earnings uh, from this morning that are catching your eye? Or do you want to talk about the ones that are coming after the bell? Um, big ones after the bell here. And um, I think, obviously, I'll just give you the highlights here. Meta, probably the biggest one after the bell. You're going to hear from Roku, which is interesting with streaming. Um, you're going to hear one that I've got highlighted is PXD as well. The reason I have this one highlighted is because I still think there's a potential buyer for PXD. It was rumored before that it could be ExxonMobil. We don't know if there's anything to it. But if you get a dip in PXD on the earnings, I'm not saying you're going to. I'm saying if you do, I will be probably buying that dip. And I may actually go in here to buy that dip. So um, it's got the nice dividend. But again, that dividend we know is, is variable. So it moves around with profits. Um, I, I, like, I, li- I would love to get this thing back down to 210. I don't know if you're going to get there. Maybe the earnings blow it away and it goes the other way. I'm hoping it gets a dip so I can get long PXD. Okay, uh, let's dip. Um, you know what? They they said 
Exxon Mobil said they're in talks, right? They didn't totally deny it. So you didn't get the whoosh back down to the area of where, you know, where it started from. You always like to see that on the rumors. Let's just do a real quick technical on Meta here, getting a nice bounce uh, from yesterday. Dennis, Meta uh, sneaks back into the uh, top components in the S&P. Wow. Yeah, once again, yeah. Wow. Yeah, knocking out JP Morgan. And uh, someone made this comment here in the chat, and I don't know. I'll have to take a look in a little bit. Could this move today push Microsoft above Apple as a top component in the S&P? I, I think that could happen. How far are we away? All right. Let me uh, let me pull up uh, what I use for that. And Microsoft is-, is just so in favor right now. And it's hard. Like Just as much as I don't want to pay 31 times earnings, I respect it. I mean, I respect the story, and story is hot. And what I will, I'll, what I've always said on this show for the last nine years, we've been doing this show with Benzinga, is when the story is hot, valuation doesn't matter at all. AI story is completely hot with Microsoft here right now. So the word thirty-one times doesn't matter at all. Story cools off, AI story cools off, then the valuation will matter. But right now, that story is hot, and it might get hotter. You know, they continue to talk about it. So I do think Microsoft could take out Apple as the most valuable company. It's got some work to do. Uh, as as of yesterday's close, uh, the portfolio weight in the S&P 500 of Apple was 7.14%. And it was 6.25% for Microsoft. Now, there would be a little dent put in that today if all things hold equal here. But what could put the, you know, what could be the final driver is if you get a, you know, a miss or a warning out of Apple, and then that tanks and Microsoft holds on to these gains. But uh, by far, uh, the two down right there is uh, almost 14% of your S&P, and then you get to combine Google's in there, uh, sneaking ahead just of Amazon. But just to give you an idea of the bearing of these two stocks on the index. The next component, Amazon, well, the, combining the two Googles, it's around 4%. And then Amazon is uh, 2.68%. So speaking of a longtime guest on the show, uh, it's Tommy Lackey Jr. And uh, he's the founder of Relatively Capital Advisors. We got Aaron in the background to roll the intro for Tommy. All right. Good morning, Mr. Lackey. How you doing there? You're in the Carolinas, right? Are you, guys, uh, are you guys starting to get some nice weather there? Or are you in Georgia? No, I'm middle Georgia. Okay. Okay. So I'm down in middle Georgia. We've had good heat for a while, which I love. You know, anything under 60, I'm not good for because I'm pretty much a motorcycle, boat, and convertible person. So Really? That goes well with winter. I can remember... <laughs> driving through atlanta when i was a little kid my dad was driving the car and they had like a little bit of snow and atlanta is is the craziest city to drive through normally and it was the easiest drive through atlanta my dad had ever had because we're used we're up in canada so we're used to driving in snow and there was no cars on the road they're like no no snowstorms so i mean uh the only cars cars (laughs) on the road when i was a kid in atlanta was basically us pulling a sled behind us (laughs) <laughs> Probably not the best of ideas, but it was oh, a lot of fun. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, like oh man, oh, man. Tommy yeah. Lackey, you have made this call on this show that you thought the second half would be worse than the first half. And so far, so good. Because the first half of 2023 has been really good 
for investors. I mean, the S&P is up. You're seeing a lot of individual tech stocks rally. There's been some problems, but overall, the market is doing pretty well in the first half of 2023. Are you still holding to it that you think the second half is going to be a struggle or have you changed your thesis? Well, I hate holding anything because who knows what's going to come up. But yeah, I'm <laughs> opinion that I don't think the Fed is going to budge a whole lot like a lot of people are expecting. And again, I believe that gets more at the higher interest rates get more and more difficult for the mid, the middle class and the lower end, the longer they last. Sure, you're super wealthy will stay there, but the mid and the lower end. And maybe that's what the expectations are. And some of these retail names I were talking about earlier and things like that is that it can be a tougher area from here. Now, again, I also said last time that I thought we could make it up to around the 4300 area or so not to pin myself to that. I still think that's very possible with what we have going on. But I think once you have to go over that, you really have to have a good reason. Um, not, not a narrative, which unfortunately we get every day, but you really have to be some, see some things building on the breadth side of the market, the participation, things like that in the data, which is just not there right this second, which is why I think we're having a hard time breaking through that 4,200 level. All right, Tommy, uh, after a big day in the markets, we, you, know, you have a trading range, right? A seven-day trading range, and then, and then you get a move out of that trading range. So if you're, uh, if you're a fan of the, uh, the two-day move, then this should be a down day. Then you get Microsoft just throwing a curveball at the market with a, just a blockbuster earnings report. Hard for the index to go down when you got uh, Microsoft up 8%, all the other tech up you know, anywhere from a half a percent to two and a half percent. What are you coming off that rough day yesterday, coming off the uh, option expiration? Uh, what matters to you? What, what are you looking for? What are your drivers today to say, okay, oh, that was just another, you know, buy the dip. We're going to break out of 4,200 and go to 4,300. Well, I think a lot of it is whether we can hold it or not. You know, and again, I don't, we don't have to hold it all, but if we can hold some of these gains through today and, and, and chip back away at yesterday's down, then that means we have no follow through. And again, you talk about the two-day move. Luckily, I was never skilled or schooled on the two-day move because I would probably be looking for the same thing. I'm looking for whether we get follow through on yesterday's big move. And if you know, the, uh, I sent you some information this morning. I'm not going to worry about sharing my screen right now because it's a mess. Okay, we got it. We got it. We'll get to it in a I second here. The uh, chart this morning based on the short-term breadth outlook. Okay. Uh, they gave all the sectors and subsectors there. And if you notice, we're getting pretty oversold. And as Dennis said, we've had a pretty good year so far, and we are still overall in an uptrend um, since the year started. Now, you may not be in an uptrend when it comes to uh, Russell 2000 and small caps, which is an issue. But at the same time, overall, we're in an uptrend and all these are getting pretty red, pink and red here. So in an uptrend, this is about, you know, these areas are where we would expect them to come down to. Maybe on these 20 moving averages, we could move on down to the 20% range in some of these. But we're not expecting them to get to zero to 5% if we're still in an overall uptrend. That's more downtrend area. So we can go further, but this is an area that could show some support after some good sideways digestion. Again, that goes back to where are we really? Are we still in a major downtrend, which is kind of what the Russell looks more like? Mm -hmm. Or are we in working on an uptrend coming back at this point? And if we are, then the Russell is basically needs to hold on here, hold on over to about that 167 to 170 level uh, for us to have any possibility. 
So that's kind of where the large caps, and it has been very narrow. I'm not going to say it has it with a lot of large tech and mega tech. But when I look on my power investing site under the under the macro page, I look at a, a, re, a relative strength ranking list that I have called size and style, which basically gives growth versus value of all the different levels, mega cap down to micro cap. And in doing that, by separating those, you can clearly see that growth is still leading, but, but size is more important. It goes mega cap growth, value, large growth, value, mid cap growth, small cap growth, small cap value, mid cap value. So it's literally size is the most important thing right now, and but growth is still has an edge over when you look at all of the stocks out there. Now, when you flip over and look at the sectors that are leading right now over the last two, three weeks, that's going to be utilities, that's going to be consumer staples, that's going to be healthcare. In that scenario, that's a very defensive nature seeing that happen. But again, we would expect that during a consolidation or a digestion after growth has led for a while. Again, like our question from here is, is can we get follow through? And during that follow through, can those defensives hold up? That's the only time whether we know whether they're real leaders or not. I mean, we really have the tale of two markets here since the beginning of the year. The IWM up basically nothing since the beginning of the year, if not slightly down, actually. And then you have the Qs, the tech, which is up substantially. So you've had tech you know, driving the bus here. What's it going to take for you know this convergence that we've seen between the Qs and the IWM, where you've got the IWM kind of going nowhere or slightly down, the Qs is ripping higher. What's it going to take for that to, you know, come back together? What's it going to take for this full market, you know, to start going up? Because right now we feel like I've got a bear market in the IWM almost, and we got a bull market in the Qs. What's it going to take for us to just go full bullish? Well, that's the other side is, is that you're right. You're saying, what's it going to take for us to go up? Well, IWM has to resolve its issues. And its two main issues right now are small cap energy. Um, which I believe do have some mispricing in them because I believe people are, are expecting a major recession. So energy is going to take a major hit. And I don't see that even if we go into any recession. And also with China opening back up, their energy consumption is huge. So I don't I think energy is kind of mispriced based on the fear of our recession um, versus based on the world view of it. And then the flip side is, is financials. That's the other anchor in small caps and again what resolution we get here y'all were talking about the banking and that being the next sheet of drop dennis i'll have to disagree with you a little bit i believe in this particular scenario the fed and the treasury know they've caused a ton of this and they are why this is happening in a lot of levels which i don't have time to go into fully here but i'd be happy to sometime yeah but from that stance i think they do have to step in if another one happens and step in heavy and I think that's when you could potentially get your floor or we break right through it and they do nothing. But I think I agree with you, Tommy, and we can go into that a little bit if you want. But I think I agree with you. The difference between this, you know, we look at the regional banks and you're like, are the banks going to another financial crisis? I think the big reason is the banks didn't cause a financial crisis in 2007, 2008, or the Fed didn't cause a financial crisis in 2007, 2008. Right. The banks did. The financial crisis, you know, the little regional financial crisis is being caused by the Fed in this case. And it was mm-hmm. obviously, you know, the rate rises too quickly for the regional banks to handle it. They had too much money lent out too long and well, obviously at lower rates. To do that. 
They were forced to do that based on that, based on the Fed paying them to do things and all of that. So they were forced in there as well as, as I said last time, and we've talked about the last few times I've been on, one of the things we've realized since 2019 in these markets and through COVID and all that is velocity kills. And that's really where the problem came in through COVID, velocity in both directions. That's where we have the problem with these interest rate rises. The Fed is basically has one tool, it's a hammer, and all they can see is a nail. And so basically they're using that one tool to continue to try to pressure things. And, and again, I hope we look back 50 years from now and realize how stupid it is to try to increase employment to get us out of inflation. How about getting the government to stop spending like freaking fools? Yeah. <laughs> and that causes more inflation than any worker I've ever seen in my life. And so it's a problem from the government down here. This is not an individual or an economic uh, consumer causing this. And they know it. They just have nowhere to go because the, the charlatans and grifters we have in office have no intentions of changing on either side. Tommy, let's go to your second slide here, the sector and subsector short-term breath. We don't talk a ton about uh, breath on this market, but when I'm looking at this, I'm looking at the sectors and the set and percent of the, uh, I'm sorry? There you go. There you go. Uh, the percent making 10-day highs, very low, uh, you know, versus the percentage of making 10-day lows here. Uh, to me, if anything, this is, I mean, this is based on uh, yesterday's closing prices, but holy macro, I mean, it, talk me out of looking at this and saying, man, this breath is absolutely horrible. Well, it is, and it's, but it's, well, it's not absolutely horrible because sometimes I get this thing all red. And when it's <laughs> all red, and see, that's my point. <laughs> well, something we've dealt with, and y'all dealt with me for years, is, is that I believe the overstretched rubber band is true. I believe when things get, I believe in washouts. And rarely, yes, I've got caught a couple times where the washout kept going. But again, once you get to that level of elasticity where you're truly in a waterfall, Tell me when a waterfall has not retraced at least 50% of itself shortly after it happens. So there is an opportunity there, even if you're not exactly right. There's a certain point that once these markets get so oversold and these sectors get so oversold individually, that they are going to reverse. And that question is, is that the reversal or just a strong, decent balance? Either way, there's money. And I think in an uptrend, that's what I was saying earlier, as we get to levels like these, we have to start looking at this could be oversold enough in an uptrend. If we were in a downtrend, yes, I'd expect it much more red. And I don't expect anything making 10-day highs, but what I'm watching for is as soon as some of those 10-day highs turn green again, that tells me we could have something that could last for a bit. All right, let's uh, let's go to your final slide here, just for a, uh, a pictorial illustration of what we're talking about here with all these uh, divergences um, in the markets. Tommy, tell us what we're looking at here and what you're looking forward to. Yeah. Well, what you all know, I'm a big RSI guy. I've been that for years. That's my one pretty much momentum-based indicator that I've worked with. And I work with a lot more as opposed to oversold and overbought as bull ranges and bear ranges. 40, I mean, 30 and 70 mean nothing to me. 40 and 60 mean a lot. And if you can look right there, you can see the NASDAQ and the S&P are clearly trending between that 40 and 80 level, not between the 60 and 20 
but it's not getting much over 60. So we're not getting a whole lot of excitement, but it doesn't mean it's overall bearish. This is the markets that wear people out. Now, the other side is the Russell, and it's basically has not made it back into a bull range since it broke below that 40 level. It keeps getting topped out around 50. And as long as that happens, it, it's going to be a weight on the breadth and it's going to be a weight on a lot of the small cap issues. Um, <clears throat> I will have to say, I expected it to have a little better rebound because I believe the banking crisis situation for the most part is over. Even with FRC here, I believe the liquidity crunch there is done because they are going to step in when something happens. And so I'm not really expecting, I haven't been expecting Russell to make new lows. Yesterday was an ugly, ugly, what we call a dumpling top in uh, uh, candlestick charts. And so basically it's all about follow through today and into the end of the week. Okay. All right, Tommy. It's been uh, great. I mean, we've had you on over the years. You've been very consistent uh, with your analysis. If uh, How can people find out more about, uh, about your products and how you follow the markets? Well, you can certainly go to uh, relativitycap.com. You know, I just thought the whole capital, just CAP. And that's our advisory service. And that's really where I'm spending most of my time. From my data side, you can go to power-investing.com, and that's a website I set up with all my relative strength work and all of that. Having some charting issues, but I'll have to say I've been having so much fun with my boys and my family over the last year, I haven't been worried about fixing that. But all the data is uh, really there and solid every single day, and it gives you rankings of where the markets are from my own proprietary relative strength calculations that I've been using since 2005. Okay. All right. Tommy Lackey, Relativity Capital Advisors, joining us here on uh, Pre-Market Prep. Tommy, we'll be dialing you up again real soon. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. Have a great okay. day and good luck. All right, Dennis SPs continuing to just drift higher here yeah. just a little bit. Uh back over mid range on the session. So a lot of green, a lot of green. The tech is uh leading it's all your, tech. Yep. Is leading leading the tech, way here. Tech today. is the reasons. You do have Boeing. We know Boeing's trading it faded now. Higher here. So they do see a little bit of strength in Boeing and a few other stocks that have reported. But overall here, we can see the reason, you know, and it's tech. Tech stands out, you know, very green here on my screen. There's a few that are still trading down. Apple has went green. Netflix is still trading the red. Um, but you know, you're looking across and a lot of value names. Consumer staples are weak. Banks are slightly down. They've started. Carry has actually went back to the green here, which is good news. You want to see that stay high. higher. It was up substantially last night on PacW. And then I think the FRC knocked down to five this morning, knocked you to red, but it's back green again here. Again, tail two tapes, value versus growth. It seems like this market can't get both of them going on the same day in either direction. So, you know, you look here and you think, okay, um, you know, how are you going to approach today? I think... I'm still in the whole fade trade camp on most things. I mean, is a, I, I can't bring myself, I'm not fading Microsoft, but I can't bring myself pay up 23 on it. I do think with Google, I think I would be fading the rally in Google here because I feel like the story in AI is just not hot with them. I feel like it's going to be talked about today and saying how Microsoft, I mean, Kramer's on TV right now talking about Microsoft. He's probably talking, you know, he's predictable what he's going to say. He's probably talking, oh yeah, you know, Microsoft, you know, the AI leader and Google can't get anything right. You know, they're not talking about it on the call. So, I mean, media can push that price around there too. So um, I, I'd be more you know, inclined not to be buying the Google as opposed to you know, right. uh, Microsoft. Dennis, you doing okay on your, your internet there? Because we, uh, we lost your camera there for a second. You doing I'm okay on, on your I'm internet? Yeah, okay. No, Did you I have just, my voice? 
Yeah, it, it wavered just a little bit. So I don't I, know what know, happened there. Yeah, uh, you know, just I know how important the open is to you, so I just wanted to make sure you got everything checked I don't out. Have, for um, I'm going to have to find out what's going on. I don't have opening imbalances here today. I've never seen that in a long time. I don't know if there was a change here, but uh, so typically opening imbalances, and we're talking about the order floats showing, you know, for the opening print on the NYSE stocks typically come out at 8 a.m. And the NASDAQ doesn't come out until 9.25. So right now I'm having no imbalances at all. So I'm not sure if they're having a problem with the feed or if they've changed it. They change the stuff on this so much. I didn't notice that there was a proposed change. If anybody if anybody in the chat knows if there was a proposed change to the NYSE imbalance feed, please let me know. Um, but right now I don't have any imbalances to talk about because there's all zeros. Okay. All right. Let's see what we get some trade ideas from trade zero. Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's go to the leaderboard on the upside first, right? Because everyone wants to hear about sure. upside markets and uh, we'll have uh, Aaron change that for us real quickly. And we will go to the leaderboard on the upside. And what do you know? Uh, all right. I got to give Microsoft a stab here, right? You can't let the technicals go by. All right. Pre-market high. Well, it's an after hours high 302 even. I would use that as a target. And then that's it. Above 302, I'd try and stay long. Mark. Nothing on the monthlies until 315.11. I, I don't know. I mean, I just see so, it's just by contrarian instinct to want to sell this stock. It's probably not the right call. But um, 302 pre-market high. Uh, we got uh, good old MSTR. That's a Bitcoin up. rally. Yep. There you go. Wow. Which, which we called yesterday. You called. I'll give you yeah. credit on that one. MSTR trading at the highs of the pre-market session. You're above 300. Next daily high in that one. Wow. That's 312.90 if you're looking for another target here in MSTR. Oh, MongoDB uh, sneaks in number three here on the leaderboard. I don't earnings. know if this is earnings. Yeah. Okay. What um, you seen anything? I'm looking. I see uh, a quad of highs here at the 235 area. So a little bit uh, ways to go on this one. Maybe I'm wrong on earnings on MongoDB. I was just going to no? come up. I thought it was. I thought it was earnings. I thought I had it even on my sheet. Maybe I'm wrong. No, maybe it's not earnings. Okay, let me uh, let me go to uh, let me check it here. MongoDB. I mean, there is a tech rally. Boom, boom, boom. Nothing. That's significant. That's got to be news though, because it's up too much. So I'm just trying to figure it out. Okay. Um. Yeah. No. But no. Goldman had a bullish note yesterday. I'm not sure if that's the reason for it today. Let's take a look at yeah, good no, old. It wasn't earnings. I'm wrong. No, just uh, a tech rally. Good old NVIDIA uh, trading up 612. Your super high charge beta NVIDIA, always one of the leaders on, on the upside or the downside. The SP that's trading up 612. I think in, for me, NVIDIA here, 280 to 262, 18 point move. Uh, no, 281. So it's called 19 point move. I don't know. This 270 area, can you get back above there? Yesterday's high, it was way up there at 272.47. So not quite getting back to yesterday's high. Let's do one more on the leaderboard here. Uh, let's let's go to let's go to China stocks here. I see Baidu. 
Uh, you get Dennis. I know you missed your opportunity in Alibaba. Uh, Baidu trading up three bucks, a long uh, term downtrend here. You're gonna tech gonna rally re- here helps that as well. We're obviously seeing overnight China rally up, but don't discount Microsoft move on Baidu, Baba, and all the tech stocks over there. I don't know, Joel. I, I have too much geopolitical risk here to come in. Like Baidu, look at this chart on Baidu. Like how straight <laughs> down it is. I mean. <laughs> It was, you know, 130 to 160, and they talked something about AI, I remember, in that big pop-up there. And it has just been a steady, steady, steady decline for the last month. Straight down a perfect line. I mean, <laughs> no. 110 seems like major support here on Baidu. I feel like, you know, there, there should be a bounce trade here. You know, the contrarian to me likes to, you know, when you get to a major support level, try to take a shot. But then, that was geopolitical risk. I'm scared. Oh man, this thing has been down. This had since uh, March 30th for this entire month. Uh, I think it's had one up day. One up day when it went from, uh, or two, I'm seeing two up days. Two up days in the last month here. So let's see if you get a buy the dip opportunity. All right, let's flip to the losers here on Trade Zero. And uh, what is at top of the loser board? No shocker here. Uh, ooh, well, it's not ENPH, but uh, solar. Boy, the the uh, that analyst ENPH, of, E-N-P-H yeah. and SEDG. Ah, and we know that. these two stocks pair trade very well together. If you want to do the pairs first, solar does its own thing a lot of times, but ENPH and SEDG do trade very, very well together. We know ENPH was disappointing earnings. It is trying to make a new low on the move here right now. You never want to be buying stocks, making new 52-week lows. And then SEDG is following suit and getting to the lower range as well. It's kind of more been range-bound, but it's going to be hit here this morning. SEDG has got some support down there, just under 280. Okay, and uh, the MPH, I just pulled up the pre-market chart, and uh, they cleared out those 183 buyers uh, with the vengeance here. Uh, we will keep an eye. The next monthly low in the MPH, that doesn't come in until, uh, well, 175. So I'll back off by 181.33. I'll say, hey, 175 is your next monthly support level. And uh, I just want to give props that, you know, to this, uh, that sneaky downgrade to sell uh, Friday after hours in uh, First Solar. And uh, that guy's got it right. First Solar now down seven. Turned it. This. Yeah, he turned yeah, it. I mean, we talked it. about analysts that give, uh, you know, good and bad. I see run is getting run here too. That's another. Yeah, solar's having uh, a real rough Yeah. Day. And, um, anything else? I see the Cisco kid uh, on there too, a little bit farther down. That's so, so qu- quick talk on CSCO. So, what you see, and for whatever reason, is this is this is the ETF arbitrage playing out. And I've talked about Ooh. this before. And you're not going to read about this anywhere. You're not going to have any articles written on this. But I can tell you, this happens. Is that there is for whatever reason when you get Microsoft reporting and you get Google reporting on the same day. If the QQQs aren't really rallying enough to make up for sometimes those, they actually start selling off other things, the non-tech components of the QQQ. Now, Cisco is tech, but for whatever reason, the algos that do it throw Cisco and Intel into the non-tech components. Maybe it's because there's so much value that they throw it in there, but you'll see certain stocks like KHC. You're going to see a lot of the consumer staples, the ones that are in the queues. There's literally a list here, and I can just read them off to you, like Pepsi is in the QQQ. People don't know that, but Pepsi is in there. 
Pepsi's probably going to have a weak day today for the simple reason is that it's not a tech component and QQQ is not really up enough to make up for all these other tech stocks being up so much. Yes, QQQ is having a fantastic day. It's up 1.1%. But Microsoft is a huge piece of that. And then you get the NVIDIAs and all the other tech stocks trading higher. The QQQ is actually not up enough to make up for those. So what they do is they turn and they sell the non-tech components of the QQQ. It's the ETF arbitrage at work. CMCSA is another one. It's probably going to be down today. And yes, it is as I bring them up. You've got Which Costco, one was that stock you just mentioned? Comcast. So okay. here's like non-tech components of the QQQ, Pepsi, Costco, Cisco, um, Comcast. I mean, Cisco is not, but they throw it in here. I don't know why. And I have it on my list. I have a list right here that shows all the non-tech components of the QQQ because I know on this day, there's you know a couple times every quarter, they all seem to move together. Gilead. ATVI is getting hammered on its thing, but it's it's on the, the list there too. KHC, Monster Beverage. I mean, you've got... Um, AstraZeneca, A Zebra, and Dollar Tree, WBA, and I do have some trading positions in some of these stocks. Um, but just letting you know that some of these stocks will likely be weak here today because the QQQ is not up enough for, for as much as tech is up. Uh, that's great. Uh, that's great input here, Dennis. Uh, let's just uh, let's just finish it up here with uh, a, a stock uh, from the chat, and they're asking about Snapchat. Now, what you got to be uh, aware of at Snapchat is that it's going to move. It's going to move big time Where's off that? the uh, off the, um, meta. the earnings are coming in. But, it's going right. to move off Meta, and then it's going to get its own earnings. You know what I found interesting, and I wonder if you know the people, the other people. Remember, Snap always reported first. Yeah, they got Snap reporting. After now. So because Snap used to move Google and it used to move Meta, now it's not going to have as much influence because it's not the first to report, at least not this quarter. It's not, it's going to report after all these. It's reporting after Meta. It's reporting after Google. So you can't, you know, just you know look at it and say, oh yeah, Snapchat really moves Meta. It's not going to move it as much because we're already going to know the Meta results. So interesting that they moved it past and they, it's reporting after Meta now. I found that very interesting. All right, and let's just uh, finish it up. Uh, we really don't talk about ratings much, right, during uh, these heavy uh, heavy uh, earnings season here and a lot going on. Uh, but Tesla, uh, Jeffries, they downgraded to hold, lowers price target to 185. Uh, but it's trading green, so it doesn't look like Jeffries is uh, swinging a big stick here so far. In Tesla, to me, just clinging to the 160 area. Uh, let's see. I mean, it's up on a downgrade so far. Uh, the high, mm, 163.47, uh, if you're leaning on that, if you're looking for a long, you want to see that trade today. Dennis, any final market comments here? Two stories uh, you care about, Microsoft and FRC. Those are the two main stories here today. FRC, obviously, Microsoft, the driver of the bus here today. It's what's driving the S&P higher. It's what's driving the QQQ higher. It's what's driving the AI trade with, with obviously, NVIDIA and AMD trading up on the AI trade as well. And then you have the opposite story here of First Republic. Is Does the bank stabilize today or do we continue to leak? You know, Do we get concerns of contagion effect? Does PACW hold up? You know, so there's, you know, the regional bank story versus the tech story. Those are the two stories of the day. Okay, that's it. This is wrapping things up halfway through the week. Hump day. Everyone be careful out there. I'm going to go over to premarketprep.com and I'm going to talk to Arthur Bass and he's going to talk all about the Fed. We've, we've neglected the Fed here during uh, uh, this uh, uh, earnings season. So go back over there, folks. Thanks for joining us. This is Dennis Dick and Joel Alconin signing out on this Wednesday. Everyone have a great day.